We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. And welcome to another episode of Union of the Unknowns. Great to have you here. Uh, great to have my team member here, my other unknown, Ashley. Think, change, repeat. Thank you for joining us, Ashley. How are you, how you going? Thank you very much. I'm very good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for hosting. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah. And uh, today we have a special guest. We have Mike the Polymath that we uh, is a new friend of the unknowns, uh, post-2020 craziness, crazy world. Um, Mike runs a podcast called Easy Peasy Podcast, and uh, I thoroughly make, recommend that you uh, trottle on over there and have a bit of a listen. There's all sorts of things going on there, all sorts of guests. Um, anyway, Mike, look, just welcome. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me once more. Um, I've said it already, but I am, I am fully enjoying this soft coup with the Easy Peasy Podcast, just Jumping on the back of the <laughs> union of the unknowns, whether you like it or not, uh, I appreciate being able to come back on. We appreciate the softness of your coup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's lovely. We're happy to have you. Yeah. So uh, what's been happening in Mike, the polymath world? First of all, let's tell us about polymath. What does polymath mean? Yeah. Um, so I first heard the term on a show called the survival podcast, Jack Spierko. Um, and the definition sort of in a nutshell is a person with many skills and knowledge bases who is able and willing to solve complex problems. And it sounds a little pretentious, but it's the only word that works. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a synonym with maybe a Jack of all trades type. You know, so for instance, uh, I've had a very fun couple of days. I was at a client's property where, you know, he lives about two hours from me and he had a whole lot of work that needed done, mostly cutting up, you know, bucking and splitting a fallen tree for firewood. And uh, so I spent two days down there. I took my dog, my camper, uh, you know, fed myself the whole time. Sometimes I call myself the nomad gardener, <clears throat> excuse me, gardener. And, uh, so I did that for two days. I came back home today. I rode my motorcycle out to a, a rib and blues festival with another friend of the show, um, and WTF contributor, although he has not been on for a while, Jared, the permie guy, um, which is pretty cool. You know, when your internet friends become like real life friends. And so yeah. we ate ribs and we watched music and now I'm here and tonight I'm going to a relatively infamous, uh, you know, small, small eye infamous party that we refer to as Allentown at a friend of mine's where we're going to have a big bonfire and drink some beers and have a good time. And so, <laughs> you know, the whole idea of being a polymath is just like never, you know, it's like being a lifelong learner, right? Like not, not being satisfied with what you know, always looking to gain more skills, more knowledge, and that's what I try to encourage with my show. Um, it's kind of a variety show. It depends on the episode, what you're going to get. But I love interviewing 
folks who make money in kind of unique and interesting ways. I love interviewing artists, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, aside from being a gardener, I am a attempting to be an author. Although I say, I don't think you can call yourself an author until you've published at least two books. So far, I still have only one. Well, that's still quite an achievement. How long did that take you to write? Believe it or not, I wrote the whole damn thing in about three weeks. Wow. wow. Okay. That's took pretty whole, good. Took a whole lot longer to edit than it did to write. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, it kind of consumed me. I, I couldn't stop <laughs> until it was done. You know. Gee, how unusual for an author. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There well, were many, I mean, it... many, many late nights involved and many cases of beer and a fair amount of <laughs> cannabis. And I, <laughs> when I caught my flow, I just, I just held on to it. Yep. Yep. Time just disappears, doesn't it? You enter another mm-hmm. dimension. It was a very bizarre, altered state of mind. Uh, you know, the alcohol and drugs almost being secondary to just that, that state of mind of yep. getting into that yep. flow state of just churning out the story. And it was very bizarre because it's like, the to me, it felt like the story wrote itself. You know, people talk mm-hmm. about when they feel like they get a download from the universe. Yeah. That's what it was, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So what, tell us about it. What, what's the name of your book uh, and where can you get it? May as well go over all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get the plug right out of the way. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Called, it's called Hey Duke 2029. Um, it is available on Amazon, although the search feature does not turn it up. So the best <laughs> way to find it is to go to my link, itty bitty or easy peasy dot itty bitty dot tips. Uh, you can find the direct link there. I don't know if I'm being censored or if it's just kind of tough as a new author to, you know, work with the search algorithm, but um, yeah, that's, that's it. It's kind of a post blackout story. Um, You know, I, I, I've always been kind of obsessed with this idea that the uh, shall we say grid is not as stable as they want us to think. And that the chances of a global blackout or at the very least kind of a nationwide blackout is a real possibility. And, uh, it made for a good backdrop for storytelling, you know? Yes. And, uh, well, I was going to say, I believe, but I, I know that you have also done a voiceover version or you are in the, in the process <clears throat> of recording an audio book because I started mm-hmm. listening to it last night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only have the first eight chapters so far, so I'm kind of releasing it on my podcast as like chunks of so far I've done like four chapters at a time. I'm not going to necessarily stick to that, you know, strictly four chapters. It depends. Mm. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be kind of slowly dropping it. And then I figure once I've finally got it all recorded, I'll smash it all together and make that available. Um, But honestly, recording the audio book is, is tricky. It's not like it's very time consuming and, um, you know, I'm not necessarily the best at reading out loud. So I really have to like, get into a certain state of mind to do it well. And um, yeah, so it's been a a bit of a tedious process, but it's also been fun um, because I haven't, you know, I almost had to take a break from the book. I wrote it a year ago and, you know, by the time I was done editing, it was kind of like, I don't even want to look at it, you know, (laughs) for a while. So I waited until now to start recording the audio book and it's kind of cool because I'm, I'm feeling like I'm reading it with fresh eyes and there's stuff in there that I like don't even remember 
you know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. kind of funny that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, sometimes I come back to songs and I just think I have absolutely no recollection of writing this <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. some of it, you know, verses in it or something, but yeah, um, doing an edit too for uh, books. I mean, it's, it is quite laborious to do that. It's it's not uncommon for editors to edit their books, you know, ten a dozen times or yeah. more. Sometimes I've gone um, I've gone through it twice personally. Yeah, right. And yeah. it still use another round of editing. I you know I yeah. know that. Yeah. So I was going to ask what um because I have heard you mention that doing the audio version of the book has been particularly challenging for you. So why don't you walk me through what or why is voice acting or voiceover of, of your own material even, what, it, what are the challenges that you have run into there? Because I feel like it could easily be seen from the outside as kind of easy, right? Yeah, you're just I reading, you're recording, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. And it's your own words. Like, you should know it. You should know it. Well, like I said, like, I don't know it like the back of my hand. It, it it was a download from the universe. Even going through editing is a very different like thing because you're kind of looking at each individual word and then the whole sentence and, you know, you're kind of moving through it a chunk at a time. And that's actually very similar to what it's like to do the audiobook, where I guess the challenge is speaking it the way I intended it to be, you know, read in the mind. And so there's oftentimes where I'll get halfway into a sentence and I realize I'm using sort of the wrong tone or what have you. And I have to you know, pause, go back, cut it, start over. You know, so often it, it is easy when I really am in a good flow and I can just read page after page. But, you know, it's like you have to be conscious of your enunciation and your pace and having all these different like concerns while you're just trying to read, it makes it a challenge, you know, um, as well as like, there's, there's certain things in the book that make sense when you read it, you know, because of the punctuation of it, like things in parentheses, little jokes, right? Like there was one line where I'm joking about how Mormons, uh, skirt around their use of curse words because they're not supposed to curse. And I said, um, you know, they're, they're not allowed to curse aloud. And then within parentheses, I wrote, you know, or no cursing aloud as in a L L O W E D. And then in parentheses, I said aloud a L O U D. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, how do you say that in a way that makes sense? Right. It's a joke. It's like, yeah, a, yeah. it's like a grammar joke. It's like <laughs> a know? visual gag. Yeah. 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 So that kind of stuff, like I often have to kind of improvise and maybe skip certain things that just wouldn't make sense in terms of audio. Also, I'm trying to like do a certain amount of um, accents and like, I guess you would call it like impressions of these characters because many of the characters are based on very, very real people. So trying to capture their essence, you know, I'm no, I'm no impersonator. I've never Mm. tried to be a, you know, impersonator of, of, characters or celebrities or anything some people are very skilled at that um i really think i only have like two or three different accents that i'm pulling from uh but you know trying to give life to the characters and all that like there's just more to it than i would have ever thought yes there's a reason why voiceover actors are you know well-paid professionals Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it it is it's a fun experience though isn't it and with Mm -hmm. the editing um it's it's like you 
you really sort of almost have to go over it three times just to get the basics done. Like, for instance, you go over it once. If you're looking at spelling, you can't really take in even just the rest of the grammar, like in a, in a sentence where you're just looking at each individual word, like you said, and then you've got to sort of try to look at it for grammar and then you've got to try to look at it for flow. So okay. it's like, it's yeah, it's quite a multifaceted process, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's impossible to sort of just do the one edit and go, okay, well, I'm done. You know, at the same time, um, you know, I've kind of adopted a style of writing. Um, a lot of my favorite authors are not strict about their use of grammar, you know, and I often enjoy authors who aren't afraid of like a crazy run on sentence that just sounds like a stream of consciousness type of mm -hmm. statement. So there's some of that going on. And, you yeah. know, it's like if you if you liberate yourself from the rules just a little bit, it can make things a whole lot more fun. Um but at the same time, like grammar is very important, like to get the idea across, right? To, to make sure you're not being misunderstood. Yes. Well, let's eat, comma, grandma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead Commas of let's are eat very grandma. important. Commas <laughs> lives matter. So I, I also wanted to ask, as far as I know that you said you got into a flow state, right? But have you spent many years writing other stuff or just like being a voracious reader of a wide different kinds of books or do you know what I mean? Because to say like I got into a flow state, it almost sounds like it, it doesn't address the preparation that you may have been doing your entire life to be a writer. Um, so kind of how did that come about? Yeah, uh, good question. So. I was always a strong writer. Um, like in high school, I, I was kind of a mediocre student, partly because I, I didn't give a shit. It was kind of like I hated school. And so I would do <laughs> what I had to do to pass. Right. And, um, were you like, public school? Yeah. Yeah. But like the two classes I really enjoyed were AP biology. Like I aced AP biology cause I was super, super interested and creative writing. Um, those were my two favorite courses in, in college and, or I'm sorry, in high school. And I remember at one point, my creative writing teacher kind of just like looking at me and saying like, you, you can write. And it stuck with me and I always wanted to write. Um, but I, it was kind of like the same as podcasting. Like I was very interested in podcasting and sort of had the intention of starting a podcast for a few years before I actually did it. Um, and it was almost like I, I wasn't sure what to say quite yet. And then COVID happens and all of a sudden I've got, I got words, you know, I'm ready, to, <laughs> I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to write. So it was, there was some kind of a flip of the switch where it's like, maybe I just started taking it more seriously where it's like, wow, like we need to, we need to create like art and, and we need conversations. Um, we're in a very interesting time, you know, the old Chinese, uh, curse, may you live in interesting times. Like we're living them. So I don't know if that fully answers your question, but also like when I started the podcast, one of the main themes I talked about was this idea of flow theory, uh, popularized by a positive psychologist with a really hard to pronounce name. Uh, I believe it's, Mihai, Cheesenick Mihai or something. He's like, I don't even know. 
but he Jeez wrote Nick. a book. He's <laughs> Nick. <laughs> I think he's, he's like Eastern European. Um, but he wrote this book called um, it's like the psychology of flow or some, something like that. And it's his old idea was that we have the ability to enter a state of mind called flow uh, where we are at our optimal ability where all of your different skills and knowledge are readily accessible. Um, you know, he, he interviewed athletes and artists and people who experience similar, you could say like symptoms, you know, when you're in flow, you lose track of time or time becomes irrelevant. Uh, you, you're both focused and aware of sort of everything in your periphery is at the same time, you know, there's all these different kind of um, symptoms of flow. And I, you know, that jived with my experience as like a backpacker camper. Like when you go on a multi-day backpacking trip, I've often described it where like around the second or third day, like all your worries disappear. Like you're just hiking the trail and you're not really thinking you're just hiking. And it's a very like peaceful state of mind. And that was my first kind of like tangible um, sensation of flow. And now I've tried to incorporate that into like everything I do, you know, gardening for me is an exceptional way to find flow. When you're in the garden, all you're concerned about is gardening, you know, and it's like, you don't have to think to do, even though you are thinking, you know, in a way it's, it's almost automatic because you're, you're using what you have, you know, I don't know if that, is that a good answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good answer. Um, it's, it's interesting. And I do think that the creative process for people that are very creative, there are a lot of differences. There's a lot of nuance, but there's a lot of overlap as well with like what you're saying, getting into a flow state, um, feeling like you are just firing, like where you need to be firing from, you know, firing on all, on all cylinders, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's like you're on your A game without trying too hard. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's, I would akin it to a drug, definitely. Um, totally. Takes you away. You're still, con yeah, it's, it's hard to describe. You're sort of, you're conscious, but you're in a different realm, completely mm -hmm. different realm. Um, you could be in a vacuum. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. Yeah, it's very interesting. But yes, um, you and I share that. Well, I'm sure Ashley as well shares the uh, relief that we all feel from entering into the nature realm. Um, there's not enough of that. <laughs> People mm -hmm. are too enclosed in walls and um, straight lines and right angles. Well, and people are overstimulated. It's very difficult yes. to enter flow if you are overstimulated. You know, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. impossible. Yeah, you cannot. Um, yeah, I often say, look, we we need to really. We need to take five every now and then. We need to just stop and let our, our brains just unwind a little bit, be still and know the voice of God. And we, we can't. This is another thing that they've done to us, isn't it? They've plugged up and polluted every orifice. <laughs> um, we, uh, we very rarely get any quiet time. Um, even just driving, taking a drive, you've still got signs coming at you and advertising and so, uh, yeah, it's something that we have to actually consciously stop and do. Whereas in, in the older days, before technology came along and completely changed life, we were just out there every day, weren't we? We were out there hoeing the field and feeding the animals and 
all that stuff. So it's all going to go full circle for some of us. So that's where you're heading, I guess. Um, the self-sufficiency kind of realm, is that how you're going to deal with coming out of this, Mike? That's the goal. Um, but, you know, self-sufficiency can take many different forms. Um, I decided long ago, you know, I worked for like organic farms and nurseries and and now I have my gardening business. Um, I decided I would never be a farmer, first of all, as much as I okay. com I commend those who do. Um, that's just not for me. Um, you know, I guess my self-sufficiency ideally would be as a communicator and I will always, you know, it's like, I want to have my homestead. I want to have my gardens, but I don't want my main income to be tied to production from the land. It's a very difficult, I mean, just to put mm. it bluntly, it's like, that's, that's not easy. And, uh, yeah. and it's not that anything's easy, but I, I want to be self-sufficient through creative endeavors of varying, you know, varying types. And, um, so yeah, you know, I don't think I'll ever be like necessarily a totally, you know, growing all my own food, um, you know, raising all my own animals. I would rather support people who do and make my money as a communicator, right? I think very few people will end up being completely self-sufficient. I mean, we, we've discussed this before. You can never get completely off the grid because of land rates and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as 100% self-sufficiency, that's a very, very difficult thing to achieve. Some have, and it's just an everyday thing for them now. But yes, um, I think we're going to have to rely on each other as far mm -hmm. as, um, you know, a lot of bartering, etc. But um, I think it is a world too that you have to have many eggs in many baskets now. It's it's almost like you you can't really rely on just one thing. It's It's all too fragile, this structure now. Um, particularly post 2020, but it was already sort of becoming like that anyway beforehand. I thought. Yeah, I you know I think self sufficiency kind of has a mis misconception. It's like yeah, you cannot be fully self sufficient. Um, mm. What we need is like community sufficiency. You know, yep. like we need resilient communities. You know, I studied permaculture. That's the whole premise: is we we have currently a disposable culture. We need to create a permanent one that is stable and and sustainable yeah it's um it's going to be very i can't even really see it i can't imagine how it's going to work out um it's very much a day at a time at the moment isn't it um yeah yeah i mean yeah. we can build certain things but then there's, there's other parts of the structure that how is that going to happen i mean how is like travel for instance you know i remember there was that woman talking about well, there was a few people talking about doing like an alternative airline and all that. And it's like, do you realize what that involves? <laughs> like, you have to build airports and, mm -hmm. you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know about um, that. I do think it, it is a very complicated situation that we're facing as far as having a lot of networking online and not as much networking in real life. And even if you network in real life, finding like-minded people, finding people that are even 50% on the same page as you are. I mean, these are certainly challenges that face you like in the day-to-day. -day. And then I think the other thing is there's so much unknown with, in some of our other conversations we've talked about, uh, some people are predicting that we're close to this catastrophe cycle in earth, right? So that's a, a total unknown 
if that happens in our lifetime, will it happen? How will we be impacted by that? Um, you know, there's a lot going on with weather. Now, I don't think that it's because of climate change that we're creating, but I think that it's still something that we're going to have to contend with. And then the other thing that I wanted to chime in is that I heard a statistic that like leading into World War II, people provided 45% of their food with their home, the small farm. They did other stuff, whatever. So I kind of like that guideline, right? That's what they took from us. 45%. If you can do that, which I'm so far, I'm so far from that, but I'm just saying, I think that's a really good basic goal to get to 45%. It seems like a little more doable. And if that's what the average family was doing at that time, then that means that's what they took away from us. So we can get that back. Totally. Um, And that's really the premise of my main business right now. My main source of income is um, I call it easy peasy garden solutions, right? I've kind of grabbed that word easy peasy. And I just, you know, I'm like, you know, my mom's like, being a mom, right? She says, aren't you concerned you're going to lose customers for your gardening because it's so closely associated with your podcast and, uh, and all your dangerous ideas. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, you know what, if I do, I do, I don't care. Like if they don't want me to work for them Mm. because of the things I think and say, you know, good riddance. And, um, Mm. so anyhow, um, I guess, you know, I think we're like, we're on the verge of a, of a transition. I know Stella threw out a topic of like dating post COVID and I was going to make the joke. Like it's, you know, it's hard, it's hard to build a community and it's, it's, it's almost harder to find a girlfriend right now. I mean, Jesus, like, but you know, little by little, I am building community here. Like I kind of stop and look around every once in a while and I, I know a dozen different entrepreneurs in my area. Um, you know, I know people that are, that are farmers. I know people that are machinists and, you know, fill in the blank. Like I am at the point where I'm starting to see this, this sustainable permanent community forming and, you know, I'm just one part of it and it's really cool. It's really exciting, honestly. Um, but you know, finding a lover, that's like a whole nother ball game these days. It wasn't easy before COVID. Yeah. And now it's like 10 times harder. I mean, honestly, it's probably been like almost a year since I've even gone on a date. And uh of course the question of are you vaccinated comes up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not gonna lie, like, no, I'm not vaccinated. And I had this girl look at me like puzzled and go, why not? And I was like, why should I, <laughs> you know, like, anyway, thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Check please. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. And, and the thing is, I mean, it, this is going to be a real trust test, isn't it? Because yeah. the problem is that, and especially as time goes on as well, um, you can ask someone if they're vaccinated and they can say no, but are they telling the truth? And mm. if they are not vaccinated, have they been with anybody who's been vaccinated? So there's that as well. There's this whole secondary spreading possibility um, that is quite concerning. So I'm not really sure of the solution there. I've, I've sort of come to terms with just spending the rest of my life alone personally. Well, sadly. it's a sad state of affairs, but I'm kind of at the point I've, I've joked. I'm like, I'm like, I'm at the point where I need to be wooed. Like, 
<laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm focused on what I'm doing. And until somebody sees my value, I'm not even going to put that much effort in, you know, it's hardly worth, you know, just the, uh, emotional effort of, of <laughs> trying, you know, it's like, nah, I mean, I hate to admit it, but it's kind of like, I, you know, it's, if, how do I say this? My thinking is if I can build a successful business, everything would be a little bit easier, including finding a good mate. You know, it's tough when you're a single guy, you know, kind of just making ends meet living in a workshop. You know, I, I don't have a whole lot of luxury in my life and, and, uh, a lot of women won't, won't necessarily go for that. But at the same time, it, it, I don't think that should really matter. You know, it's, it's not about no. the dollars and cents in your bank account. It's about, you know, your, your potential. And I think a lot of women have forgotten that you're better off. I've, I feel like I've read studies where it's like successful marriages are often based more on women seeing potential in their mate, not so much what they already have, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Especially at your age, Mike, like you're young and mm. you have to know, like if you're at that dating pool, if someone was interested in you, then they need to see your potential. They need to see like, wow, this person is really impressive because of A, B, C, D, E, and F. And these things also align with my values. You know, right. you're not at the end stage of your career and what you're going to be doing. So, and it, it to me, it does matter that a, that a couple is able to build the life together that they want. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I almost I, fear, I almost fear that if I do find success that I won't trust any women approaching me at that point. You know, cause like, are you, are you approaching because of what I have or what I, what I am, you know, at that point it's be, it becomes kind of unclear. Uh, you know, it's, you can trust somebody a lot more if they like you while you're broke. Yeah. You know? If you're, if you're very successful and earning good money, you can always hire a private investigator and just suss around. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> but you know, I'm curious to tie it back to the book, you know, Stella texted me. I woke up to this, uh, message this morning. She says, you sure put a lot of hot sauce on on chapter two and uh, so you know another little uh, sales pitch like the book is so full of sex it's spicy drugs babies and rock and roll, man sex drugs and rock and roll <laughs> not that i'm promoting you know sex drugs and rock and roll but these are things that are in the world around us and yeah and i tried to write a very <laughs> all right honest, they promote it <laughs> yeah i tried to write an like a very honest um an honest novel right it's fiction but it's it's based on a lot of truth. And um, I guess my point in saying that is uh, that it's the story itself is about love and loss and like heartbreak and joy and, you know, anger and happiness. And, you know, it's, it's the human condition. Like I, I don't think a puritanical attitude goes very far um, while I am like more and more thinking that aligning yourself with a moral framework and, and having sort of standards, you know, I know for a fact, I drink too much beer, for instance, like, and I'm working on it, but I'm not perfect. And neither is anybody else. It's why I poke fun a lot of times at the Mormons. Cause like they try so hard to be perfect. It's a very puritanical culture. And it's like, man, like it's just not natural. 
like, yeah, we can always be better, but to hold ourselves to an unrealistic expectation or, or to cast shame or judgment on people. I've never been one that, it that felt like I had any ground to stand on when it comes to judgment. So unless you're a fucking tyrant, in which case I hope you die, but <laughs> your average person who's just making their way through life. I mean, life is tricky, man. Like existence is hard. So sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Plus, you know, it, it makes a salacious story and I try to bring humor. You know, my goal with the book, I want you to laugh. I want you to cry. Uh, I want you to feel a whole range of emotions, you know? You just answered my next question. Thank you. I was going to ask you sort of what was the, what was the real goal of the book? What, what, what was it you were sort of trying to achieve? Was it sort of yeah. to wake people up or... Um, I don't even is it sort of more for our community or is it for newcomers, like people who've just woken mm. up? Would, would it suit those kind of readers? Well, I'll put it this way. My ultimate favorite author is Edward Abbey. I don't know if either of you have read much of him. He wrote The Monkey no. Wrench Gang and Desert Solitaire. Those are kind of his two biggest titles. My personal favorite, though, is a book called A Fool's Progress. And he calls that his honest novel. So I kind of stole that phrase from him. Uh, it's very autobiographical. And I found that book so compelling because the main character is so flawed, you know, and it's so relatable. And he, I would say, opened a lot of people's eyes. Like he was an anarchist who worked for the Park Service for many, many years. And he had a very nuanced understanding of land management by the government. Yeah, you know, we kind of touched on this on the not your mama's news thing, so I yeah. won't hash it back out, but I found his books very compelling and and like accessible. Um so I wanted to write a book that would challenge people's assumptions but without wagging a finger or shoving it down their throats, you know, like I'm mm -hmm. trying to hide the hide the themes behind a story that people will genuinely enjoy. You know, I don't want anybody from any political persuasion or religious affiliation to read this book and feel like it's not for them. Like it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not trying to like, like I said, I'm not trying to wake people up per se, but sort of challenge their inherent assumptions. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm only a little bit into the book, so I can't, um, I can't judge <laughs> mm -hmm. at this point, but I, I'm liking it so far. Very much so. I appreciate that. You've got a great, um, yeah, I'm enjoying the the voiceovering too. I can see it's um, probably by the end of the book, you're going to be a whole yeah, lot better, yeah. a lot more polished, but I'm not saying it's, it's bad or anything, but yeah, there's just, I can see that you, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> even, even like chapters four through eight, I can tell are way better than one through four. Right. Okay. Yep. I'm not a huge well, I mean, perfectionist. That's, that's really gonna happen. I'm yeah. not a huge perfectionist. I doubt I'm ever going to go back and like redo it all. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like this is organic and I want it. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, occasionally I stumble over a word or whatever. Who cares? Yeah, Move exactly. On. I was noticing that actually. I was thinking I kind of like that you didn't go back and, you know, make it all pristine and edit because, I mean, yes, it is a very, what's the word? Um, it takes a lot of effort and time to do all that and, you know, fix every little thing. And it's like, and I was thinking that exact same thing. I'm thinking, why? Why, why are we so led to do that? 
like it's cool that you've left in a few little stumbles here and there and and even and you've even said oh my apologies or something like that and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah cool yeah. i like that <laughs> well it's like, it's like you you're, you're relatable of, you're more relatable yeah you ever heard don't let perfect be the enemy of the good like that's yeah, something yeah. that's something i live by you know like it doesn't have to be perfect i'm not afraid yes. to put out an imperfect product as long as it's good you know Oh yes, I can totally relate to that. It's um, usually been a stumbling block for me. If it's not, you know, <laughs> if it's not perfect, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to let anyone see it. But right. uh, yes, I'm trying to uh, come to terms with that myself at this point. So, do you have um, you have some plans to get yourself some land at some point? Ideally, yeah. You know, money's tight, so it's not going to happen overnight. But um, I, I guess between me, you, and the audience, I am actually currently trying to seek out investors. I've been talking with a couple folks. Um, I am, you know, even though I say I never wanted to be a farmer, the next step for my business would be to set up a nursery operation. And, um, you know, I'm trying to shift gears from being a sole proprietor, one man band to creating a company that will build more gardens. And that, that, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole goddamn business plan, but no. basically the next step is to get, you know, maybe three to 10 acres, put up a couple greenhouses and start propagating plants. Right. Yeah. Okay. So are you sort of trying to do the f a food type gardens? Is that sort of where you're heading more so? That's all I anything? do. That's basically all I do. Um, my niche is raised bed veggie gardens. Um, I've done some in-ground gardens, but raised beds are trendy. You know, it's like, mm. it's not hard to find clients and uh, people... People who I build these gardens for, they're they're sort of, uh, shall I say, a little anal, a little OCD. They want something clean. They don't mm -hmm. want any weeds. So, you know, mm -hmm. the raised bed is a logical, you know, it's a great, yeah. I call it like a gateway drug for gardening. You know, you start with a raised bed or two, and then you want a couple fruit trees, and then you want a berry patch, and then you want a pumpkin patch, and then you want a chicken coop. And before you know it, you've got a freaking backyard homestead. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I've got raised beds myself. Um, it does save a lot of back work. <laughs> that's for sure. That was the main reason for me. Cause I was and they're pretty. They're pretty, you know. Yeah, and they're easier to mow around, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, excellent. So I also wanted to chime in um, before <clears throat> I, I lose my chance here. I think that this is a really cool connection, and I'm getting ready to drop this on y'all. Okay. So Mike is very good friends with Jared the Permi guy. Jared, the permi guy, is the guy that started the propaganda report Discord. Are you kidding me? I hadn't. I had no idea. I'm pretty sure that that is him. That he started the propaganda report Discord, and then uh, Justin was also an administrator or ismcant as we know him. And then I think that Jared got really, really busy. Yeah, yeah. With the other stuff, so he wasn't really doing the Discord thing. But you knew each other. But the Propaganda Report Discord is how all of us unknowns knew each other. You're giving and, me chills. You're giving me chills. Right? I'm not done yet. One more piece. So then we had, um, we refer to Monica Perez and Brad Binkley as our pod mother and pod father. <laughs> and so Monica, on, I missed the episode. I was out of town or something, which was really a bummer. But she was on. And I believe that is how Ando 
because she shared that podcast on her stream. That's how Ando started listening to us. So then Ando connected to us and like Tunes and ATL and Terry. They've all been on his podcast. Uh, also Trevor Green. Um, then that's how we were introduced to you. It's wild. You know, I met I met Ando basically through Jared. Uh, Jared talked me into going to Childerberg uh, last summer, not well, I guess we're in the fall now, so I, I'll say two summers ago. <clears throat> but I met Ando at about 2.30 in the morning uh, on this like little patch of dirt next to the river in this Nowheresville in Texas. And we were up till like <laughs> five talking about God knows what. And uh, it's so funny. Yeah, it, this community. I'm saying there's something magical happening in the last like month, I've really felt this wave of like, I'll say faith. I'm like, I, I can see it happening. It's happening. What we, what we've been talking about, we are in fact doing, we are building communities. And I agree with what you said earlier about like, we can't just stay online. So I'll say without, you know, doxing him, Jared just moved from well far away from me very close to me you know he's in a small town you know it's it's a little ways away but we we're, we can hang out now you know like i said we hung out today we watched some blues we ate some ribs and it's like this shit doesn't stay online for long it's it's almost inevitable that it will it will translate into the real life stuff and ando goes through indy doing his truck driving every time he does he stops and we have dinner or whatever you know, it's just like, you're seriously giving me chills here because it is too I, cool. It's too I cool. I know. I, I love the connection. And then the other thing, um, we don't have to go on this now, but the other thing I did want to ask was about this organic rise of the WTF forum um, from, you know, those meetings. But I, I also didn't know if, because uh, there's still a lot to discuss on the creative side and, and what you're doing with your business, all that stuff. But I do want to hear about that as well at some point. Well, it's pretty simple. I can say it in just a short amount of time. Um, <laughs> it was just a silly idea. Okay. I'm like, there's the WEF, right? The World Economic Forum. And we got to do something in opposition, right? We can't, we can't go to freaking Davos and like fight these people. That's not going to work. They've got armed guards, you know? So yeah. we, we fight them in a different way, a, a more creative way. And so this, you know, it's the same with easy peasy. It was like a light bulb moment when I thought up easy peasy. I'm like, oh, and I even saw the logo, a little peapod. It was the same kind of thing with the WTF forum. I'm like, it doesn't exist. It's not a direct rhyme with world economic forum, but it's close enough. And, um, and I just had this idea of like a, a podcast that doesn't belong to anybody. Every contributor has the rights to put it on their own streams. And, and we just talk about like stuff that makes us say WTF. It, you know, it's not necessarily a news show, although we do talk about current event stuff pretty regularly, but I like that. It's a little broader than current events. It's, it, you know, nothing's off the table, right? If it makes you say WTF and it's worth discussing and kind of diving into, we can we can go down any rabbit hole we so choose. Yeah, just discussing different philosophies and how everybody is seeing things from their own angle. It's always valuable. We've had a couple of um, 
of uh, aha moments on the show, which has been fun. I'd say. And it's cool because everybody comes from a different place, a different like set of skills and knowledge. And so it's it's become so much cooler than I ever could have imagined. You know, like I am astonished because it's not like it's something I planned out or put a lot of work into. We just started doing it one day and, you know, week by week, it's kind of grown into this cool thing, you know? And I, I'm, I'm super grateful for like all of our contributors, you know, nobody's obligated to be there every single week, like myself included. Um, I, the, the whole goal all along was like the show can and will go on whether or not I'm there. And uh, I think I've only missed like one or two and Ando's kind of stepped into the role of like facilitator. You know, I want to be very clear. I'm not, excuse me. I'm not like the chairman, like fucking Klaus Schwab. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a humble facilitator when I can be. And um, I think that we've, we've found like a, a formula that works, right? You know, you yep. need a facilitator. I was taught this in my, in my, yes. I, you know, in college, I studied outdoor recreation and um, I did some outdoor leadership training and the main goal or the main role rather of a outdoor leader is to facilitate. It's not to bark orders or, you know, whatever it's, it's to facilitate the experience or the conversation or what have you. Yeah. Generally somebody has to be an anchor. It has to be an anchor point. It's just the way it mm -hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the art is just bringing it together without, with, yeah, without bringing the ego into it. Yeah, you do Absolutely. a good job. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and I do enjoy the mm. discussions and like the random. I you know sometimes I'll message the group. I'm like, Mike, what are our topics? You know, what are what's your thread this week? Where are we going with this? And even yeah. though I try to do that to somewhat get mentally prepared, it still is something. I didn't think about that, you know, or it's, it's some, some, uh, older figure that was in public life, right. That was a while ago. Well, what do you think about this or, mm -hmm. or whatever? I really enjoy that. And I think <laughs> the conversations and people's input is a lot of fun. And then, you know, the humor, the jokes that go along with it too. But, uh, I, I think it's a really cool, it's turned into to your idea of like, just have this this forum uh it's a lot of fun yeah well and it's gotten easier it's gotten easier because now i have people sending me like weird stuff that they see online being like would, oh, this, cool. be, would this be good on the forum you know like, <laughs> I'm like yeah like so usually i spend all of about a couple hours like preparing and just kind of you know usually i go through twitter see what people are talking about and then, you know, I'll use some of that and I'll go to Instagram, look at whatever memes are out there. But like these topics just kind of fall out of the sky half the time. And I love keeping like a surprise topic in the back pocket <laughs> and, not, and not telling anybody that we're going to discuss something, you know, because there's something about ice factor that, that I think lends itself to authentic conversation. You know, if we were to over plan, it wouldn't feel as real yes sorry you you just could have froze up a little tiny bit through that i basically just said if we planned it out too much it wouldn't feel as real yeah as yeah it's more organic yeah i mean i i, I do appreciate too because i've noticed you you sort of try to if it starts getting a little bit out of control it sort of <laughs> 
try to bring it back to the thread. You know, you you're pretty good like that. So um, yeah, I can see your your skills come out. You're, they're very um apt for this role. Well, it's 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 something I learned. Like I said, in this outdoor leadership stuff, we would talk. We would mm. call them debriefing or debriefings, uh, like after we climb a mountain, you know, and get back to base camp, we're not going to go to sleep until we've sat around in a circle and discussed the hike or the climb or whatever. And what, what worked, what didn't work, you know, and it's okay to be like vulnerable and, and honest about like, you know, if somebody's off the rails, if somebody's like taking away from the group, then it, it needs to be addressed. But you can do so in a towel, like respectful and kind of the finger and say, you know, no, it's like, no, I have to bring the conversation to what it's supposed to be if it starts to unravel. And it's not that hard, you know, but a little bit did go a long way. Okay. So can you sort of go a little bit deeper into what the value of debriefing is if you're not frozen? <laughs> So that in order to change, we're just you know, we're losing like, you a little bit there, Mike. Sorry, you're just starting to freeze up a bit. Uh oh. Can you hear yeah. me? Uh oh. We can right now, yes. Okay. Hopefully this works. I was gonna say, right. um the value of debriefing, it's kind of this principle of like learn, do teach you ever heard this in order to fully integrate knowledge you have to be able to you know you learn it you do it and then you have to teach it and it's like until you've taught it you might lose that knowledge so the value of a debrief is that final step of integration where okay we've learned it we've done it now we need to discuss it right so it sort of embeds it into everybody's psyche i suppose yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, if something didn't go well, it's important to kind of discuss why and, and what happened. And, you know, they can be challenging conversations, a debrief, but it's all about that integration of, of knowledge. Mm. Sounds unreal. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you found your, the place to be for your skills, your natural organic skills. And that's quite a feat to be able to find that, especially so young. Well, I, I've joked before. It's like, I never won anything. I was, you know, I was never a sports guy. You know, I was never in theater. Like I wasn't a good musician. I never like won anything. But when I got awarded student of the year in my outdoor leadership course, which was a very intense course, a full semester, you know, we, we were in the field as much as we were in the classroom and at the end of the semester, they had our graduation ceremony, gave us our certificates, and there were a few different awards. And I never, ever in a million years would have suspected that I would have been chosen as student of the year, which was like the the number one um, award, I guess you'd call it. You know, I thought it should have gone to my buddy, Sean, because he's like the best guy I know. And he's a great and he's a you know, strong outdoor leader. You know, he's been a whitewater rafting guide basically ever since. Or, I mean, in comparison to him, I feel like a whole human. But for what thing in my 
that it was kind of an now responsibility. We're losing you a little up? bit there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all right. Um, could you want to just repeat that last line again? Basically, that award told me that I am now like I have responsibility to do something with whatever potential these people saw in me. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really I like that. That's a great observation. You're doing something with it. It's like you've been gifted something, so you're not hiding your light under the mat- under the bed sort of thing. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, or that it's been seen. Maybe and it maybe maybe having people see that in you helped you see it as well because it sounds yeah. like you didn't um necessarily see it and that sometimes that that is so motivating. It's so special to have people acknowledge like, oh, wow, like, thank you. I mm-hmm. I feel like you saw this in me and I kind of like what Saul was saying. It's like you acknowledge it after that and you do try to, to, to do something with that because they saw it and you're mm-hmm. like, it's like your nod back to them in a way as well. Mm-hmm. And like, and the other people that meant something to you too like your buddy that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. um, taking that seriously and being honored by people that you think highly of recognizing uh, something in you, something valuable, something special that maybe you didn't even see. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And it, like I said, integration, it's like I could have gone through that entire course and learned a lot and done a lot of cool stuff, but that that honor that I was given allowed me to integrate the concept of okay you are a leader like it or not that's your job on this planet is to lead yeah we need some strong leaders so thank you (laughs) and thanks for holding the line by the way (laughs) trying yeah 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 all right look i'm i think it's probably a good time to sort of organically wrap this up now and i just want to say ladies all right you unvaccinated ladies out there look we've got look at him he's gorgeous he's humble he's intelligent he's committed he's driven and he's single what more could you and he's unvaccinated what more could you want i mean this is you're going to be worth gold you are so um come on ladies pull your heads out and um look when you when you let go of the reins, these things generally fall into place, I find. And it's probably, don't worry about what they're going to, you know, being successful and what they're really, because you're probably not even going to meet someone that way. It'll probably be someone that you bump into and she drops her books or something, you know, one of those Hollywood <laughs> moments. <laughs> or, or who knows, you know, she might drop a handkerchief. Um, so <laughs> you probably yeah. don't have any idea what that means. Oh, no, no, I, I do know what that you means. You do? Okay. Good. It's a classic, classic cliche. Uh, so is. far there have been no bumping into each other, you know, <laughs> type of moments, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, truthfully, it's not my number one priority at the moment. My number yep. one priority is to keep being me and keep doing what I do and the rest will work out as it will. As it should be. And all these places like, um, Childerberg and even you know running podcasts and things it's continuously expanding and we're meeting new people and so yeah you'll be right mate (laughs) I I appreciate the vote of confidence (laughs) yeah we love you thank you so much for joining us today really um really enjoyed the chat and um we look forward to please everyone tune into the easy peasy podcast um which I have realized 
I have not spelt it correctly. Let me just fix that. You <laughs> should have picked me up on that one. That's terrible. There we Are you go. sure? Easy peasy. Now it's all one word. Yep. There Remember you go. that. Easy peasy is one word. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Tune in and um, shout out to Ando and all the rest of the guys out there. Thanks for uh, pulling us all together. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Anything that you, you would like to say? Any last thoughts? Well, I, I'll just say that, like, I appreciate the two of you so much. Uh, you're like sisters from another mister, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm just so glad that this this thing is is happening, whatever you want to call it, this um, convergence of people, you know, people. That's what it, That's what matters, you know, is the people. So I think it's too cool. All of it is too cool. Like I was, I was angry. I was depressed. Now I'm fucking fired up, man. I'm fired yeah, up. Yeah. Woohoo. Excellent. People going <laughs> to people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us. Thank you, Absolutely. Mike. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Thank you, Mike. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was great chatting with you. All right. Love y'all. Do we, yeah. Love you too. Your gut. Love your guts. Yeah. Right? Love your guts. <laughs> Love your guts. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.